Art Technique Podcast for April 22nd, 2012. you do all <laughs> we'll be in the same <laughs> okay we're starting is this for real yeah let's do it <laughs> surprise is this no real life well, we can start over if we have to start over no all right no. welcome to episode one wait a minute what because we started over. Oh, I see what you I did. I did not go with you on that journey. <laughs> I did not Apparently, either. no one did. Sorry, there's a delay. It was going to take one more <laughs> second for me to catch up with that joke. Uh, I, I don't see. know that it was worth catching up to. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. So how are you guys doing? Tired. I'm... Oh, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, y'all are working way harder than I am this week. Oh, then you're supposed to be the fresh one. Oh, I, yeah. I, uh... So, Aaron, the entire show rides on you today. That's what right. have you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's been great. Uh, we opened Anti-Mame. Yeah. Uh, we had two really great packed houses that uh, were laughing, having a good time through the whole show. Uh, and then things went awry. Right, and then we opened. And... Oh. <laughs> no, uh no, it's been great. How's Tweeted going? Oh, it's going really well. It's It's been interesting how different each audience has been, like mm-hmm. in terms of what they respond to and the script and each night. And yeah, uh, I would say for me, I felt really positive by uh, Sunday where I was fi- finally felt like I was in a place when I was running the show that I wasn't so worried about what was next you know what i mean yeah, yeah yeah i was in i was in a groove so i have to make a list that's the only way i can get through shows like that oh yeah but your list has been so helpful to everyone backstage <laughs> oh good <laughs> so yeah yeah i your, can't wait to see it yeah your list has helped many people <laughs> it is labeled my list though yeah. clearly don't don't do his tasks. Nope. And, and yet you're the one person that I don't think I've ever seen looking at the list. That's true. He just needs to know it's there, and okay. I totally understand It's that. like bringing your script on stage in an iPad or something. It's just, you know, you don't have to look at it. You All just... right. When the writers of the show <laughs> change the ending an hour before our first audience. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Did that happen yes no. it did no of course yes no. it did it's a work Adam in gets progress all the, Star the whole Trek thing speak, is a work though. in progress yeah that's true so that that's my justification that's the only reason he didn't kill us well that's good <laughs> it would be harder to replace you guys since the ch- show changes constantly but we did give Adam easier, all of the. Maybe. We did give Adam all of the uh, you know redirect warp power to the EPS conduit. Yeah, kind of speeches. Yeah. Oh, good. I don't techno babble. He can handle yeah. his actual techno <laughs> knowledge. Uh, yes. Oh, <laughs> I'm awing myself now. Aww. Aww. Yeah. <laughs> all right. You so want to start? start? Yeah, I'll start this time. Great. Um, okay. So uh, I came across an article about an author named Go Scott on. Siegler. I think I'm saying his name right. S-C-O-T-T and then S-I-G-L-E-R. And uh, the reason I decided to bring him up in this discussion is a large part of his success has been through self-promotion and marketing on the internet. 
Okay. Uh, specifically, um, he said he had a fairly small audience until he decided to start releasing a lot of his books in what he called uh, patio books. Oh, I've heard of those. Yeah. They're Say it cool. one more time. Patio books. Okay. Is that? Uh? I'm with you. Okay. And uh, I actually, there's there's a site, patiobooks.com, that I went on and also looked around. And, and uh, you know, that's the, the point of the whole site is authors are... Uh, they post uh, stuff that they're working on there for people to download for free. And then, of course, there's like suggested donations. But uh, looking into this uh, site, uh, it seemed really cool because uh, they seem to – any money that's donated uh, – uh, you can donate to specific authors, and they said, uh, you know, 75% of everything you give goes back directly to the people that are generating content for the site. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so it, it was just fantastic. So uh, I was kind of tooling around on there looking at some stuff that they had. Um, but back to uh, Scott Siegler, uh, it was just interesting. He said now he's a New York Times bestseller, um, but uh, he wasn't before he started doing these patio books. And he essentially just started writing works that he was giving away for free. And it generated a lot of talk and a lot of, uh, generated a new fan base, I guess. And um, once they sort of latched into his content because he was giving it all away for free, um, then they started Becoming you know, true fans, true fans, where they yeah. were willing mm. to follow his it, content. Exactly right, mm. and that's why I thought this was such just a wonderful article to stumble upon because it just it, it it addresses so much of what we've been talking about. Um, what were some things he also said? Um, uh, his this one book, uh, I, I assume this is the book that sort of started this idea off, was called Earth Core, Earth Core, and um, the way he released it was. Uh, he released it in 20 sort of mini patio book episodes. Mm -hmm. So each week was a new episode. Like Dickens. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, thank you. And uh, so. Um, I am now the most illiterate person in the room. Go well, on. A lot of stuff that he released when Dickens first released it was serialized. Like it, when Stephen King did with, was it Green Mile? Was I that serialized? Know. I don't know if it was. Moving on. Let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah yeah exactly it was so it was serialized uh, uh novels and short stories and uh it was just uh, interesting to listen to him saying how that process specifically uh doing the patio books he said made him a better writer because now he was reading all of this stuff mm. that he was writing down and he said uh, it became very evident as he would read things out loud what parts were essential to the story and what parts were just uh, him showing off as a writer. <laughs> and that is a direct quote right. from yeah. him. Right. Um, when you're reading out loud, you can kind of hear your pretentiousness. You're not getting any story information. <laughs> you're just kind of showing off as a writer. That was, And so he was saying how that process actually, he thinks, improved him as a writer over time. Oh, wow. And so um, – yeah, it was it was an interesting article to stumble upon. It made me miss something that I used to go to a lot back when we were in college called um uh it was like free pra uh freeplays.com and it was it was the same basic idea. It was a place for people to just post uh one acts, full length plays that they were working on and part of the rules of posting there were you open yourself up that anybody could do this play without any type of compensation mm -hmm. to the mm -hmm. playwright and I don't know. I read a lot of neat, interesting pieces on there 
Um, the website doesn't exist anymore though, but um, yeah, so that's huh. kind of sad. But um, yeah, so I throw that out there. Specifically, I, w- I was thinking of you, Jeff, uh, when I was reading this, uh, only because you know it's talking about a lot of self-promotion using the internet uh, to get your work out there. And I was thinking of like, you know, the comics that you draw and, and all my else. 300 roses Craigslist posters. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, this made me think of you. And so oh. I'd be really interested to hear, I guess, maybe part of your reaction to this guy. And, hmm. and um, it's funny. I, I what I latch onto with him, I'd heard of patio books before. Um, uh, I forgot about them to be honest, but what I latch onto is the serialized storytelling component because I grew up on comics, right? And episodic TV, now that I think about it. And when I think about all of the, uh, the stories and the characters I love, it's it's all episodic because I like seeing the same characters, apparently, go through um, years together in all these you know long situations because I feel like in some ways TV hits on more reality in some ways than, than uh, maybe movies do because you've got... If, if you're hanging around the same group of people for any length of time, you know, and you go through every kind of scenario imaginable. But thinking about comics and thinking about the stuff that I write, uh, I tend to feel my most at home when I'm writing short little episodic things that go out. And it's like we did with uh, with the cricket, where it's a bunch of short little episodic stuff that we would tie together into a longer thing mm-hmm. later. Um, so, so that I, th- I think that I think that's fascinating. It, it must have been very difficult. To do what he did, I mean, yeah. to get it, to get seen, to get to get noticed. Like, there's so much work I feel like that goes into that that yeah. people don't see. Uh, part of uh, another thing he was talking about, speaking of promotion, and you talking about comic books. Uh, apparently, his newest book called Nocturnal um, uh, is, I think, just has just come out or is just about to. Mm-hmm. And he actually uh, worked with uh, some fans. Um, to generate uh, a teaser trailer, like uh, uh, a little preview uh, video, yeah. commercial, whatever, whatever. of uh, this upcoming book. And uh, he, he started doing that, I think, also with EarthCore and, and some of his earlier stuff. And uh, he said he paid for everything, all the expenses out of pocket himself, and it was largely just sort of donated time from people that really appreciated and loved huh. his work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it, it makes me, the comic book comment made me think of that just because he described his new novel as being uh, more comic book-like. And and uh, so apparently the, the trailer, I, I wasn't able to uh, locate it. Um, but uh, the trailer is, uh, they said, almost like a comic book, like a preview for a sort of a gra- uh, a movie version of like a graphic novel, yeah. or a comic book movie, or something to that effect. Speaking of speaking of comic books, um, uh, Marvel Infinite Comics, that's a new thing they're doing, okay. which kind of make this reminded me of this. Um, they're taking, uh, uh, if I can understand this correctly, I downloaded one and and I, and I read it. Um, they're taking, I think, new comics that they're creating, and they're, I don't know if they're special editions or if they're going to convert old ones as well, but they're formatting them specifically for tablet devices, computer devices, things like that, and they're working with the artists from panel to actual production on how to lay everything out for the screens. Huh. And it reminds me sort of of what kind of what, you know, if I can toot our horn a little bit here, yeah. what we've done with our comics where since we started in e-comics and we didn't have the the burden, if you will, of starting in print comics, 
that we designed everything for the e-reader screens first. And so I love that Marvel's catching on and doing that because it's uh, it's it's an interesting reading experience. It's funny to me though because they went they chose to go landscape, which is great for the device because it's you it's immersive. You feel feel sort of like almost a movie or something in in a way in, in it's a, a way we're used to being immersed with our whole you know we're looking at a horizontal thing and it's our field of vision or whatever but i'm still i still tend to think of comics as being in portrait mm-hmm. um and so it, it's an interesting it's i mean it's clearly a choice that they had to make but i guess the landscape format will give them it'd be easier for them across other devices but mm-hmm. it's pretty neat like I, they did a great job with yeah. it we actually are designed to lose a horizontal border faster than we are a vertical border. Really? Because naturally, the border of the horizon being horizontal right. has sort of wired our brain and our percep- perception that we see horizontal lines less. Uh-huh. Like huh. we we airbrush them out of our own images right. much more quickly, and so things being in that horizontal layout become immersive because you start losing that horizontal border around it. Well, another thing they do that I think is cool are focus shifts. It's a trick that um, I'm sure I borrowed from them that I saw in motion comics, which I thought was great. They sort of took everything they learned from motion comics. They're start. I don't know if they're abandoning their whole motion comics line, but it's kind of, they experimented, and I think it's kind of, you know, retiring. But it's evolved into sort of what they're doing here, where, where you'll see uh, uh, focused, like focus blurs between two characters, but the panel art's the same. And I just, I think that's brilliant. Like, mm. I think that's really yeah. simple. Lets you know who you're supposed to be looking at. Mm-hmm. Lets you keep the art the same. Feels cinematic. Uh, I, I, I think this is great. I really think it's great. So good job, Marvel. I'm right in the middle of Script Frenzy this year, um, which is the script version of National Novel Writing Month, which is starting to, people know that phrase, but it's either a challenge in November for National Novel or uh, in April for Script Frenzy in which you are challenged to create. You have 30 days to write a 100-page script Mm -hmm. and deal with editing later just get a hundred get the thing out so i've been reading a lot about script and novel writing and just writing in general and um i had somebody send me uh brandon sanderson's class called write about dragons um and it's basically he's teaching a college level class and they're posting all the lectures on to the internet and it's about he's he's written several sort of sci-fi fantasy epic novel series and how he does it and basically the class is to write a novel (laughs) and if you do that you pass the class and if you don't do that you don't pass the class Um, but again it's sort of first draft quantity over necessarily quality um, but this idea of doing the audio books where you're just writing and writing and hearing and thinking and receiving the feedback immediately, mm-hmm. you know, everything I've been looking at over the last couple of months is that it, writing is not a talent, writing is not an inspiration, writing is not a moment of absolute clarity that appears on the paper, it's a skill. 
Right. And you just, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And yes, some people might find it an easier skill or a more difficult skill, but it is a developable skill. You and can't just idea. write when you feel like it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, one of the uh, great um, cameo articles on Script Frenzy were like, professional writers will send in an essay about you're stuck on the page 50 right in the middle of your script what do you do now or or how to begin or how to end they'll just send out essays about encouragement and their thoughts on writing um I, one of them was called writing equals ass plus chair <laughs> <laughs> nice and um and so that idea of of generating content over and over and over again coupled with the immediacy of hearing your own work and other people's feedback is going to generate that skill and make you a better writer. It reminds me uh, also of um, a YouTube feature that seems to have stemmed from XKCD comic um, where it will read you your comment back before it will post it so that you can hear if you're an idiot <laughs> before nice. you leave. People a... must not use that very often. Yeah. Probably not. No, it is still optional. Oh, okay. And that's the difference between the comic book version in right. XKCD where it was a mandatory sort of captcha thing <laughs> uh, versus how YouTube implemented it. But the idea being that if people actually had to hear the comments they were leaving on articles or YouTube videos or out there on the web that we would have a higher level of discourse out there. Right. <laughs> oh. That dog video was awesome. YOLO. Oh. <laughs> YOLO is yeah. the phrase floating around these days, apparently. Yeah. But I don't know how it fits with the dog video. Exactly. You'll know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is a tweeted thing. Yeah. YOLO. Uh. <laughs> You'll see it tomorrow. I didn't even listen to episode three yet because That's... I really wanted to oh. come in and episode yeah. three. That's um... probably for the best. Although the Adam Archer <laughs> impressions at the end are great. Pretty I did funny. hear that because I wanted to hear my parts at the top and the bottom of the episode. And so I got, right. caught back in just in time to hear the Adam <laughs> Archers going around the table. I, I might see if, if he can uh, come on one more time. Come If he can come on at all yeah. before he... Just he's him. Gone. Yeah, we just yeah. chat with him for a minute, and you know. But anyway, that's another episode. We're still in this one. <sighs> it's so hard to stay on the project you're currently doing. I don't know what you're talking about. And yeah. I mean that just sort of globally. I mean that's one yeah. of the other things that all the writers are talking about is that they're they're all like, "This is draft one. Right. You're going to finish it." And you're going to be like, I never want to think about that piece again. You're going right. to put it away, and you're going to start a new thing. But don't. You have to do. <laughs> yeah. I feel that way with Cricket, too, right now. I'm in the middle of writing that script, and uh, and it's awful. <laughs> the first half is good, um, but the second half is just awful. I think I think I tried to get clever instead of uh, stick with True. the story. Or, or I'm trying to cram you know, 10 pounds of crap in a five pound bag <laughs> you know i just too many things that i want to do with the uh -huh. character at one time and so it's just it's overloaded but um so instead i want to write the sequel to the weekly or something sure but 
I need to finish this candy bar for before five, I have five. another. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I guess I I don't uh, I don't I, but I don't regularly uh, discipline myself to sit down and write. Yeah. Like I I know I, typically the the times that I've written was for a class like mm-hmm. playwriting in college or if I've got this very specific project that I'm writing for like a show dancing right. monkey right. or tweeted or or something like that so it it's been different knowing that when I've got nothing else planned for the rest of the day I and I've been taking a page from Jeff's book and going to the coffee house where there is That's isn't as what much. happened to all my pages <laughs> uh, uh, fun stuff, you know. At home, there's yeah. always something I can, you know. At the coffee house, I'm like, just sit down and I'm work, and I get a good chunk of pages written. Yeah. Um, and it's been very interesting, you know. Like I said, a lot of what the idea of script frenzy is is to get a big enough chunk of marble to carve the elephant later. Right. Yeah. Um, and I've there have been passages where I'm like writing and sometimes it's like, Oh, I know exactly how this scene is going to go and he's going to say this and they're going to say that and it's going to be great. And then there are some where I'm just sort of like pushing and just trying to get something down on the paper. And, uh, when I read it all, I I'm at page 85. So my last little chunk is sort of the final battle and the denouement and, I sort of went back for the first time and sort of read pages one through 85 to sort of figure out, okay, right. now how do I take all of this? Right. I know how I plan to solve the problem, but I need to figure out, you know, yeah. what I've got here. And passages that I didn't really think I was going to like as I was just sort of writing them, I was like, it really has a place in this bigger thing I've created and it needs work, but it there's something there already. Yeah. And you can't tell the difference between the pages where it was golden light epiphany right. and just sitting there and working yeah. really hard at it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right. Um, so those are my thoughts on writing, and I totally see how just lots of writing. Right. Audio books. I keep losing that phrase. Audio books. Yeah. It was a fun word when I stumbled across it because I'd never heard it. And I'm just recently getting into uh, audio books. Yeah. I, I finally I, I got an Audible account. Oh, yeah. Cool. I did. I went ahead and did one on my own just because I needed some uh, books uh, mm-hmm. for the end of the day for uh, that reading group that I yeah. work with at school. And so, but it's been. Uh, my library now has audio books. And an app on my phone, and so I can check out virtual audiobooks from my library huh. onto my phone, listen to them in my car, mm-hmm. and then they just disappear when I'm finished with them, or twelve hours before I'm finished with them, <laughs> which is less encouraging. But yeah. yeah, I've been whipping through. I feel like we should talk about the Tupac hologram. Oh, we're talking yeah. about art and technology. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, I was so blown man. away when I watched that video. <laughs> Going back to our Tasha Yar discussion. Yeah. Oh. I was saying, okay, 3D technology. Yeah. Tasha Yar. Who's heard about how it actually worked? I, I don't I, I know not. nothing. You uh you were right when you said what was it called? Pepper's, Pepper's Ghost. 
Pepper's Ghost. Yeah, it is. Uh, it's a mirror trick. It's mm. one of the oldest in the book. But the the difference here is they did use an HD projector. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, basically there's an angled mirror in the floor and a piece of mylar up front, and the projector was at such an angle, you know. Wow. So through reflections, they created this. Now what they're not saying, uh, so far anyway, is um how they actually generated him like we know there's a portion that was from concert footage yeah but it almost looks to me almost like maybe i I don't know if this is true at all um but perhaps they he's basically an animation like they took a wire frame that's what i that's what i thought you know skinned it in tupac skin we don't have to know if it's true we're on the internet that's true i mean (laughs) internet-y but yeah I, i i just and then the whole thought of, well, does that open up for uh, other Artemis, Ar- Artemists, artists mm-hmm. to tour posthumously? Mm-hmm. And uh, I read a joke somewhere that was like, Are, is Paul McCartney going to have to say in his will that I do not want to be reanimated as a hologram? That was <laughs> what bothered me about it, is yeah. that if, if as he was dying, he had helped create this and right. said this is what i want you to do for the rest of my life or the rest yeah. of my afterlife is send this hologram right to yeah. concerts but it's it's hologram like... is in shape though that's true so i'd be like what? yeah sure the hologram is in shape oh i see okay. hologram it has is. Been, yeah. been hit but yeah the even before gym. the hologram came along i mean i i had i was wondering too about like you know how how long is too long to um keep using I don't know if I'm finding the right word. Keep using uh, the memory of somebody, uh, I guess. Well, it was like yeah. there was that Swiffer or Mop commercial or something with like Fred Astaire <laughs> dancing on the ceiling, oh, and yeah. they digitally <laughs> replaced his partner with the Mop product. Oh, yeah, I just went out. No, we're still good. Okay, oh, we are. Okay. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, yeah, but you know, it, it was like, and I think I was talking to Jeff actually about this a couple weeks ago too. But it's just. You know, like I remember when I was little and hearing on the radio, uh, you know, it was Elvis's birthday. Oh, yeah. And, that and, gets, starts to get weird as yeah. he gets older. And I, Here's what like, he might have looked like. Today, on... if Elvis were alive, it would have been his 70-something yeah. birthday. And then, and then they do like crazy ones too, like people that it would be like 187. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's just like at what so point unless do you're you – Spock. How do yeah. you decide that – they would have died even if they had lived. Right. Yeah. When do what you is, when do you fictionally kill them? <laughs> you ever see like on shows like Entertainment Tonight where they would post what they think they would look like mm, at, no. at this no, age? Thankfully, no. <laughs> it was weird. I remember. I guess I saw it in the '90s or something, and yeah. it, it was you know '90s aging, which you know was right. Probably yeah, anyway. It was they weird. blurred the lens aged. a little bit. Yeah, yeah it was weird. Add some crow's feet and a. What? I don't know. I was trying something. Put some Vaseline, <laughs> Put some Vaseline on it. You like my voice? I do. Thank you. We'll use that somewhere. Vaseline. <laughs> but, you know, yeah, you know, you just think about how much the image of Tupac and has been invoked for various mm-hmm. causes since yep. he died. Yep. And, uh, you know. I worked for him after he died. I remember, yeah. What? <laughs> now Go I remember on. this story. Yeah. Um, when I was a student mm. at Georgia Perimeter College, they were still renting their main auditorium out to community events and things. And Memorial Drive now houses the Tupac Amaru Shakur Arts Foundation for oh, okay. inner city arts uh, education, which is great. That's cool. 
Um, but like the very first year they did it, they had their like class recital performance at our auditorium and I was hired to do the light board for the performance. We were not supposed to have to do a light design because they had somebody who did theatrical lighting. Um, of course, the last time he had done theatrical lighting was in the 70s. So when they started explaining <laughs> that this computer was the light board and there were three moving fixtures in the air, he started just sort of staring at them and blinking <laughs> occasionally. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so they had um, a little sort of variety show about that was all of their classes presentation strung together loosely with this plot of a kid who wanted to be the next Tupac and uh, they they had a rapping class and a dance class and singing and various other things they had uh, this little token white girl the one in the cast and <laughs> <laughs> over the whole thing was this actually very cool airbrushed banner of sort of a thundercloud and lightning bolts with Tupac's eyes sort of floating in watching this image, over watching right. over them. Yeah. Um, and I actually, I, it was a really cool And film. now that hangs up in your room. It is, because right? I stole it <laughs> as soon as they all looked away. Yeah. It, it did, however, uh, my one usable piece of rap knowledge came into play that night, and I managed to make friends <laughs> with all of these people on what the is heads. Your, what is your one usable piece of rap knowledge? All right, so, <laughs> so we're funny. all on headset, <laughs> and it's like me and the Tupac uh, art teachers right. and things. So they're the other people on headset, and it's just one little me sitting up in the light booth. <laughs> and so we're doing like we always do on headsets and sort of talking about how the show is going and what's going on. And Token White Girl starts... She was in the, she was in the rap class, by the way. Right. Uh, so she starts falling behind the rhythm and losing the music <laughs> as she's trying to I know rap nothing out about beats. that. And one of the instructors is like, oh, she's falling behind the beat. And I go, eh, she's just going West Coast with it. And they all <laughs> start howling into the headset. Um, and after that, I was sort of... You, you know, endeared yourself I to had them. endeared myself. But that was the one thing I knew is that East Coast rappers <laughs> rap on the beat and West Coast rappers rap behind the beat. Yep. I don't actually know what that means precisely. But I happen to know that that statement is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Thank uh, you, Robert, for uh, teaching me that random bit about <laughs> rappers that paid oh, off man. later that year. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the hologram, even, even mm. if it is older stage illusion is is really cool i mean they made it look good they made it look like oh, it yeah. was this thing and then yeah. having um snoop come up next to him so that it yeah. was like the two of them performing together yeah you know added another fun element yeah. to uh, what we perceived the I, technology to be i will say the the blue light stage light from the hologram and the fact that he's uh, essentially illuminated from the inside uh -huh. gives them a weird Jedi ghost vibe. <laughs> well, if any of the rappers are going to become a Jedi ghost for the yeah. rest of them, don't you think yeah. it's going to be Tupac? Yeah, yeah <laughs> that's true. But they're they're talking about doing this with uh, Biggie. Oh, huh. 
Yep. Yes. I remember when Biggie was just a Medium size eight. you could get at Wendy's. <laughs> that joke just died. <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it out there. <laughs> it's all just and now a moment it. of silence. <laughs> Speaking. <laughs> Are we gonna laugh coming back in this one too? Yes. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> Speaking of a moment of silence, just to keep our hmm. podcast cutting edge, have you both heard? Oh gosh, not if it was silent. I have not. No. I, what? I'm. All we have Twitter. lost Dick Clark. This oh, afternoon. I, I heard oh. us on the ride over here. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. You're gonna drop that on me in the podcast. I am because yeah. that's what makes what organic and exciting. Who will do Seacrest is a poor man's New Year's host. <laughs> but no, Reed, Regis has been doing it for him, hasn't he? Didn't Regis replace well, Dick Clark? I seem to remember Clark would be on for like five minutes or at the desk. Yeah, or they, like would, he was they would there. bring him out because he had that bad stroke a couple yeah. of years ago. But that's just amazing. I know it was so rough to be Dick Clark. <laughs> well, I mean, really, that's a rough one. Don't laugh. That's kind Sorry. of a terrible one. Yeah, like, at, at like that last part of it, the rest was fine. I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, he was popular. He got to host a lot of things. I'm sure, it, much like William Shatner, he has suffered things that we have. He hosted American Bandstand. Come on, we will, Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. My, he, he my got mom got to do some fun stuff. Speaking of Dick Clark and American Bandstand, my mom was actually on American Bandstand. Was she once one what? time because they filmed it in Philadelphia, and my mom's from Philadelphia, and. uh she um <clears throat> the way she got on was um it was they they apparently filmed it in an area of town that was not the best like wherever the studio was <laughs> that's where and they so, could afford <laughs> right that's where they could afford and yeah. and so my grandmother was just adamant that my mom was not going to go down there like you you're not going to go to that part of the city at all and so there was you know, my mom was determined, and it was one like day, a plot to hairspray. It is a little bit. I mean, it was the right it's, time. It's too. what occurred to me as soon as he it, started it talking. Really about it. No, I never thought about uh, that. My mom and Tracy Turnblad. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, she wanted to. She desperately wanted to be on the show because it was you know the big thing when she was a teenager. She's fourteen, fifteen. Yeah. And so um, she and another friend, I don't remember who it was, but they got on the train. They went down there and they got onto an episode of American Bandstand. Uh, my mom, for the life of her, cannot remember like who the musical guest was that day, so I have no way of pinpointing it because it wasn't like one of the big name acts. It was, I think, somebody local, yeah. and so she she doesn't remember who who it was, but she just says she remembers, uh, you know, after the episode was filmed, getting home. And once it was nighttime in that part of the city and she was like 14 years old and just she and her friend, you know, so they kind of freaked themselves out. Plus, she was terrified that she was going to be, you know, murdered, grounded, whatever, when she got mm -hmm. home. But somehow they got it past my grandmother and uh, she was never discovered. So did she make it home alive? I can only hope. That's Dick Clark. Otherwise, he was there. Bum, 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 bum. And Dick Clark was there. Is your mom a pod person? No, <laughs> I'm barely a pod person, Jeff. <laughs> oh, I, I not, mean like a pod people, pod person. Pod person. <laughs> no, like, meant, like, okay. You know, body, I thought you meant technology snatched. pod. Body snatched. Eh, she could be. <laughs> Just going to let that hang. Just let that one. Air. Yep. Um, Man, uh, you're killing with the, uh, the pop culture references today, Jeff. 
William Shatner. Yeah, let's go back to William, William Shatner. Shatner. Oh, yeah. Love him. Got a better death on the Priceline commercials than Star Trek. <gasps> True he did die. He did die on a bridge in Star Trek. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> on an actual. I held on. off commenting on that post that you put the other night just because I, I really had to like ruminate on that. Okay. I don't think Have I've you had time seen to it. Think about it. I don't know I how he does that. So the Priceline negotiator mm, yeah. uh, gets onto this bus of a bunch of people mm-hmm. yeah. going on vacation, yes. and it ends up going over the cliff, and he manages to get them all off the emergency exit and then passes like a coupon or something back yeah. through the back door, which mm-hmm. tips the balance enough. And after saving all these people from the crashing bus and and giving them a coupon, uh-huh. the bus tips over the edge of the cliff, and the negotiator appears to go up. He's and presumed a, to be dead. And I hadn't really thought about huh. it as a death, except the new series of the commercials is like interviewing the various people that he saved from the bus about his sacrifice. First off, yeah, no one wants to get killed by Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> Period. You do? I don't know. I just thought it'd be cute to raise my hand, so I did. Because it's a radio show. It's a radio show, and nobody yeah, would know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a point against I mean, Star Trek. He basically got killed by Boy Guinan. <laughs> I mean, right? Because they're the same race, right? Wow, we're Olivia taking a left turn into Nerdtopia right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Now, but I he wanna, did, I right? They were, this. They, yeah. were, they were Elorians, they're, yeah. you know, and not to so, be confused yeah. with Delorians. Oh no, they're both time okay. travelers. That's true, uh-huh. and they uh-huh. both probably have done cocaine. But what? What? Anyway, um, <laughs> nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, yeah. I. People get mad because Picard just buried him under a bunch of rocks. Yeah. But what was the dude going to do? I don't know. It's not like he had a transporter or a shuttlecraft (laughs) or anything useful like that. Okay. I always assumed also, by the way, that that was a temporary grave. Okay. I mean, he's Uh, dead. They would come back and do something nice with the body. Here's the badge. Y'all come pick him up. But you can fly. I mean, it's the future. You can fly around to any planet. Wouldn't it make more sense to just put like some giant monument and like put all touristy things around it so you could, you know, so make a little, a, a make a little Latin visit, off of it? Uh, Joel, Riza. 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 Where all your dreams come true. <laughs> uh, it was, uh, no, I can, Viridian 3. It was Viridian three that he died on. I know it was. Oh, oh, you were trying to name the planet. Yeah. Oh, okay. I... Yeah, visit beautiful Viridian three. Adam was trying to come up with places for a good grave marker. Well, it's like when you go visit um, the exploded Romulan homeworld in Star Trek Online. Mm-hmm. It's just a big monument. Holographic. Can monument. we? Can we please dig me out of this hole that I'm so far in now? No, no. Let's. Uh, where, all right, where we'll come we? back to the the noble death. Uh, okay. Let's see here. I think the Priceline <laughs> death is more noble. And I think the sacrifice was greater. And in his mm-hmm. final moments, only well, maybe not the sacrifice was greater, but he gave something in that last moment that is going to continue to help people from this point on. The coupon, the coupon. will keep giving. 
Whereas in Star Trek Generations, he saves them. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's kind of like, a, you know, uh, yeah, we did like a little time jump, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we saved all these people on this planet. Come on, they were, they were a pre-warp civilization. Right. Screw them. Okay. Yeah. And so we're supposed uh, to leave them alone if you're right. playing by the rules. But That's Jim right. Kirk can't play by isn't the that, rules. Isn't that convenient well, that they, the yeah, rules. the prime directive, they follow it when they yeah, want to they and want they, to. and when they don't want to, it's whatever's going to like make the, the most. It's the prime option. <laughs> it's the plot directive, is what it is. <laughs> whatever's going to be the most useful for that episode, that's the way they're going to fall. The so, prime consideration. Yes. So, 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 yes. So the Priceline death was um, more meaningful because right. it continues to give right now. There has to be some reason beyond the fact that we're all giant nerds that we keep coming back to Star Trek on the podcast about intersecting art and tech. Well, it is the intersection of art and tech. <laughs> I mean, like, I guess the Akuta panels, is that what they're called? The the colorful plexiglass, yeah. you know, yeah. the Akuta grams He was, he was like the, that. the guy he that was, was in charge designer, of props right? and, yeah, sort of, uh, uh, the, the look the of design. This, yeah, yeah, the art director, maybe? Art was direction, that what he there was? we go, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, and I thought it was interesting that he continued those, those, uh, the colors that you had in the '60s, you know, those all those really bright kind of, he pastelled them a little bit, but mm -hmm. you know, and, and just made them into all these interesting shapes and made them flat. And and yeah. I just, I thought his designs were brilliant. But I think they would have been a very difficult system to actually operate. But <laughs> yes, if you've ever played with any all cars mockups, yes, they're weird, and they end up looking kind of like windows in a way. In a way. <laughs> they throwing, it, yeah. yeah, they start throwing everything into basically two pastel parentheses mm -hmm. of information that you're looking through, which I think is interesting. Yeah, it's not a – I always feel like it was a system that, like, you would know very well. You would get it if you lived there. You're like, oh, well, this is just yeah. Windows you know, <laughs> 2398. Well, it is the future. That's fair. Or one of our possible futures. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> blah, so is Futurama blah, blah. then in that regard. We're going to be cartoons in the I future? Yeah, I don't know which one I'd rather be. <laughs> Would you rather live in the Star Trek future or the Futurama future? Well, what about the Star Trek the Animated Series? No, 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 no. We don't talk don't about that. Don't that was a that. fine, I that was a a fine series. I watched I it all the time growing. They, you used to rerun it uh, on Nickelodeon a lot when I was little, so that's when uh, I watched oh, yeah. it. I watched so the I, Hercules. I enjoyed it. Oh, I watched those too. Those were always on after when I got home from church. Or Wacky Races. <laughs> Not now, Motley. Motley. <laughs> Is it, what was the guy's name? Uh, that says Dastardly. That um, Dirk Dastardly? <laughs> I just like that you guys had a voice. I off. don't want to say Dick. No. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Is it Dirk Dastardly? I think so. <laughs> or Sneevely? Snively? Was there a Snively? Snively Whiplash. Snively Whiplash. Thank you. Was uh, uh, Perils of Pauline uh, the Mountie? Oh, okay. I'm thinking of Underdog. Dudley Do Right? Dudley Do Right. Thank Dudley you. Dudley Do Right. Wasn't he? Underdog was somebody else. Oh, I think you're right. Yes, yeah. Snidely was. Underdog Dudley. was what? Paula Poundstone? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a. Sorry, she would have had a great name for an underdog villain. And <laughs> she would have been great coming on the show. I can't do a Paula Poundstone impression, Please so I won't try. even try. Just, just do your Ira Glass impression. Oh, well. <laughs> I'm on Underdog. I can't do it. But yeah, she'd be yeah. so convincing. The voice is a little <laughs> off, but the physicality he embodied when he said that. It really, she was just, in the room with it us. It was like she was in the room. Mm -hmm. 
if I could swear. We're so getting on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me next week. <laughs> They're going to talk about us. That would be awesome. I love Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Yeah. I do, too. I, I love I it. I like it. I like it. Oh. I sometimes love it. I mostly like it. Okay. It reminds me of sort of a... Uh, um, the, the way the, my brain works? Yes, that. Uh, <laughs> you know, my word and says you, but yeah. sort of with a modern news <laughs> twilt. Informational. Yeah. But fun. Infotainment. Let that be said of all of us. <laughs> okay, we should probably bring it on home now and <laughs> find some more topics. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> Although I'm enjoying talking about Paula Poundstone on Underdog, but... Just some other things. It could be a super. Are we? Have we discussed everything possible there is to discuss? I think we have about art. Is the podcast? Is it over? Is that it? Oh gosh, no. There's more stuff out there. Really? I guarantee you. I boys, whip open your uh, whoa whoa (laughs) (laughs) your uh, computer things. Let's. I just want to see the Avengers. That's all I want to talk about. Oh, you want to talk about the Avengers? (laughs) We can. All right, you start. Aaron's looking for stuff. I I want to see it. Oh, is that it? Sweden. Well, that's yes. the most important thing. Yeah. I saw a clip from it. A true fan, are you? What clip did you see? Yeah. The one with it's the Cap and Thor fight. Oh, or not fight, I started uh, to watch whatever uh, Thor and Iron Man. Right? Ooh, oh, that was that. the one I started to watch. And after about like three seconds, I was like, nah, this just feels wrong. Just, yeah, I know. You know just what I mean? Wait, yeah, I felt, like, I, I, I felt that way a little bit. I was like, and seeing that one clip, I said, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right, like, no, I always no. have to temper myself. I love going <laughs> to. Ain't it cool.com. Aaron knows this because yeah. right. he, he doesn't even bother reading it anymore because he knows when he sees me, I'm going to tell him whatever is on there. I've, I've right? never been good about like yeah. aggregate sites and stuff where yeah. it like is updates and things. So it's, you've always been my source for ain't it cool news. Yeah. I just, I, 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 but I check it like every day. Like I always stay on top of whatever they are talking about. That's true. I hear that from you a lot. I do. It's just it, cuz it, you know, it it covers a lot of things that I'm interested in. Their focus is, you know, sci-fi, horror, mm-hmm. um TV, film, media in general. And so you get a lot of nice little nuggets out there and informational things. Speaking of, uh there was a nice uh interview that uh one of them did with uh, Joss Whedon talking oh. about a lot of Avengers stuff and mm-hmm. he was talking about the process of putting the script together and that the actors had a lot of input and say as to how they wanted their characters to be developed. And mm-hmm. uh, I think ultimately how a lot of the script turned out. And so it was a very collaborative effort. As was tweeted. As yeah. was tweeted, yeah. Marvel is always following in our footprints. Oh, you know, gosh. that seems to be, they could learn a thing or two. E comics, motion comics, true. collaborative I realized how scripts. Pretentious, I sounded earlier. <laughs> well, it's because you're like, saying it out loud. Well, whatever. That's and not true. just writing it down. That's true. For people to read. Patio books. Patio. Patio. Sounds like uh, patio. Yeah. I was pretty sure that's why you wanted me to say it, like repeat it earlier, Aaron. Partially. Partially. Also, I just wanted to make sure I had heard what you had said correctly. (laughs) I'm like, excuse me? (laughs) You had a thought. I did, and I don't know if it's uh, I don't know if it's uh, related to what we talk about. But I I was slipping I was slipping through last night. We ran out of arts and tech. Remember, who cares? Brave new <laughs> frontier, everybody. Man, okay, I should have brought. Part, I don't have my computer with me. Otherwise, about I, arts tech and whatever that whatever. triggers Aww. in our brain on our fifth one already. Yeah. <laughs> no, I had something else, but I don't have my computer with me, so I, I can't bring it up. So I don't want to miss talk about it but okay we'll the, save it for next i'll week. save it for next week then no, but okay. but the thing that i watched we last get one night, more show 
Yeah, <laughs> my I've um, got stuff. We just bring it then. You finish. Yeah, bring oh. it. Okay. The thing that I saw last night, and I and I'm I want to remember what channel it was on, but it was called uh, Doomsday Preppers. <gasps> I know what you're talking about. The TV show. I think it might have been on the National Something Geographic like channel. Yes, people who yeah. are like who have like underground prepping for 2012 yeah. and building bunkers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Oh, this is like the new hoarders. Is we now watch the Doomsday People? Probably, I, I guess mm-hmm. for this year, since it is uh, you know the year of the apocalypse. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, remember when? <laughs> it's a good thing we waste all this time. On I used to talk about instead of I don't know. I used what finding dates what. Oh, uh, talk about that all the time. And, and Aaron Gottlieb is the most rational person I know. Like in terms of like, you can pick apart an idea poor man. And, and break it. No, no. Oh, like, you know what I mean? Like he, he can break down an argument into its smaller pieces and examine them. And, mm-hmm. and, and he, and you do that with things that you're trying to understand and then you rebuild it once you understand it. Mm-hmm. However, I have never seen a more emotional reaction about anything than when I would talk about, <laughs> oh, you know, well, well, you know, we shouldn't even think about what we're going to be doing 30 years from now because, you know, 2012, that's just around the corner. <laughs> you know, 2012, it's all going to end. We're all going to die. And, 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 I, and Aaron, I think, on a, on a rational level, understood never that. Never have, I mean, I did not yeah. ever really like, believe that the world is planning to end in 2012 but there was something about that constant reminder yes. of having my best friends say we're all gonna die next you know, year yeah we're, we're, we'll all be dead we'll all why be dead why are you thinking about grad school you won't even get there before the world ends <laughs> and i would just say this all the time and i think i think it was maybe uh, not even a year ago that you finally the the the, the switch flipped yeah. And I, I don't think it works anymore. No, but, no, I'm pretty good now. Yeah, but it was just interesting. It was just it, it bothered me in yeah. a weird little way, and I mean, not in a I sincerely believe the world yes. is ending kind of yeah. way. Just in this, there is no logical argument against this because I know he doesn't believe what he's saying. No, but. <laughs> <laughs> But it was just—it was just absolutely amazing the reaction that I would see every time I said it. Yeah. For years, for years, this went on for years. Well, yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, old. We've well, all got our little. Hang-ups. Didn't you do the math on that once, saying there's something strange about the calendar, meaning that it should have happened? Oh, well, yeah. there's years definitely ago. different <clears throat> uh, problems with the equation, both from the Mayan side and from the Roman calendar side. Uh-huh. I mean. If you take into account leap seconds and leap minutes and leap days, That's yes, it. we're way past it, um, even if you followed the Mayan calendar to it. Um, and also, it, I mean, it's, it's the Y2K problem of the Mayan computer <laughs> system. It's not that they really predicted that time was ending. It no. was just like, this is as far as we've worked the calendar yeah. out. And we'll deal with that later if it becomes yeah. a problem. Oops, our society yeah. collapsed first. And so instead yeah. we just get this weird thing that newspapers and websites yeah. can harp on. And uh, just this 2012 thing. Yeah. And it's just... I always thought Y2K was going to involve zippers. And you ever look down your zipper and you see the YKK thing. And it's like, oh, God. Those are the two Ks. Right you're, not, you're not long for this world, little friend. You know? Yes. Ah! <laughs> That's not good. Y2K. 
Uh, I remember that one too. <clears throat> that one didn't scare me either. Like it didn't right. make me nervous. Uh, maybe it's because I didn't know anything about computers and still don't really. So I, <laughs> I was ignorant. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and, uh, funny was, uh, my mom, <laughs> uh, bringing it back to her again. Um, <laughs> it all comes back to Adam's yeah. mom. Uh, my mom, uh, that's what, uh, she did. She was a civil servant, uh, worked for the United States Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And she, uh, that's what her job was for the 10 years leading up to, uh, 2000 was fixing all that code. Um, uh, <laughs> her whole section. I think there were like multiple sections of contractors and people doing that. And uh, they were so efficient at it that they were doing it even after Y2K happened. <laughs> like for three years after they were still repairing the code. Um, so yeah, Your there tax we go. dollars at work. Yeah. A podcast that is the intersection of art, technology, and Adam's mom. Adam's mom. mom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll have her on one day. Oh, that'd be fun. Then you can what see. What would she talk about? Oh. Whatever we prompt her on, I'm sure she would have some thoughts. She'd probably have something to say about me and oh, my gosh. brother. And... I remember when Adam was little and... That's what she sounds like, right? Exactly. Like, spot on. Right. Right. As accurate as all of your other impressions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, we're just going to start doing things. We're like, okay, guys, close your eyes. Okay. Who's this oh, that's God. in the room? <laughs> Ew, No. <laughs> I'm not going to play that game with you, Jeff Holbrook. Again? Not again. No, not again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, you've done it. You've wasted another hour yeah. with us, which is great. Yeah. And I'm glad you did. Yeah, uh, yeah I have okay. so much fun. <clears throat> yeah. Hey, you know what we should do? What? We did not introduce ourselves at the beginning. Oh, that's right. Of we this didn't. podcast because we, we just kind of like, uh, you know how we, you know how we our roll. soft opening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Today whoa, was extra. Whoa, oh, gross. Today it was extra soft. Oh. So let's end hard. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so hard. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, everybody. Until next time, uh, I'm Jeff Holbrook, and we have run out of show. I'm Aaron Gottlieb with nothing else to say. And I'm Adam Montague, and I might not be wearing pants. (laughs) (laughs) See you next time. Bye. (laughs) Thought we were all coming up with fun little things. I did. I'm not wearing pants. I'm glad to see you.